Welcome to Seize the GM. I'm your host, Zended. I am your co-host, Jules. And I'm Garda Moje. Have you ever had a great idea for a campaign? Do you have a group of friends who want to play an RPG, but you have no one to run it? Do you want to see what the world is like behind the GM screen instead of in front of it? Well, we're here to help you do just that. Each week, the three of us will be discussing various GMing topics, terminology, maps, atmosphere, world building, you name it. So sit back and relax. Let us help you. Improve your art of GMing. One show at a time. Welcome back to another episode of Seize the GM. You lucky people, you get to have us again in your ears. You do. Well, as much of it as you want. <laughs> you chose this. Always remember, you chose this. <laughs> it's Actually, true. Actually, yeah, well, be happy. Be happy with your choice, because uh, you ain't going to believe what we got today. <laughs> this is more epic than anything you've ever experienced. I can promise you that. Oh, wow. That's a pretty big sell for episode 101. Well, considering uh, I've been friends officially with this uh, special special guest for five years, and uh, I think he's probably one of the coolest and uh, probably most creative uh, minds out there when it comes to gaming. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, I don't know how long we can pull this out before we uh, introduce our special guest, but uh, Zen? Well, he has been on the show before. And I would like to welcome back a friend of the show, Opti. Hello. It occurs to me Hello. I should probably hire Jules as my personal hypes woman. <laughs> right, your PR. <laughs> yeah, and then you can get Zippy to make sure that... Uh, any horrible scandals of, you know, uh, your crows going out and gathering all the shiny objects out there. And all of a sudden you show up and somebody had one of them drops off a bottle of Glenn Fittich and you're like, Ooh, nice. There's no scandal <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. Zippy can, Zippy can handle those stuff. I'm, I'm the hype person. All right. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, yeah, the we reason you, we have you is that. I believe the day that this is going to go live, you will have a brand new Kickstarter, like just kicked off. If you air this episode uh, after July 15th, that is correct. Yeah, I think it's going to be mm -hmm. on July 15th. Yeah, that's when yes, it will be fresh. <laughs> we, we did a lot of crazy stuff to try and get all this scheduled so it will drop right at prime time. Yeah. So. Abdi, you you created a, a basically a new gaming company. Yes, Fragging Unicorns Games. Fragging Unicorns Games. Um, it's it officially began. Uh, what's today? Yeah, about a year ago, um, after I got home from Origins last year and began to. Well, I was I was, but there's a, there's a story behind the creation of the of the of the company and, and 
that story began at Origins last year. It's basically okay. the idea. Well, right. before we get before we get too far too much further in, just in the interest of full disclosure, your favorite person here on Seize the GM, Gardemanger, is working with Fragging Unicorn Games and is involved in product development. So, everything I it's say, bragging will be rights, not disclosure for you, baby. This is bragging rights, and don't fragging go back right. on it. Fragging rights. Yeah, Thank uh, you. Yeah. Darn yeah. skipping. Gardemanger has been in it, I believe, since. Since the moment I got home from Origins and started talking about it, I, I'm pretty sure. Kind of, yeah. But so right. everything I say will be completely true, 100% unbiased, just with a bit of puffery involved for the extra 10% over the 110% awesome it already is. Well, you're the thespian. Of course you can deliver it like that. Yeah. All right. But uh, Opti, the, the Kickstarter that's coming up, what what is it? You got it. What's the name? And... Well, what what well what do our uh, what do our adoring fans are going to be looking for today? Okay, <laughs> so coming on July fifteenth or today or yesterday, whenever you listen to this, uh, it is Gangs of the Undercity is what you're looking for. It is the most over the top cyberpunk fantasy game ever. Cyberpunk fantasy uh, gang war in the Undercity of Neo Babylon. Beautiful Mastercraft miniatures, engaging versus campaign and solo play, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I could go on. I have Wait. like 14 different slogans here. I could just rattle. Well, so <laughs> solo play? So wait a minute. So all right. So if you're like new and you want to just start, you know, futzing around you so you can do this on your own too. Yeah, it's um Ooh. this this is still in development. The um the campaign, the solo play are in development. We have the versus. Uh, the you know gang versus gang, your buddy versus you, uh, that is pretty well locked down. Um, the campaign play is adding RPG elements, you know, to that versus play, and then solo play uh, is going to be um, somewhere. I mean, like I'm gonna I'm gonna oversimplify it a lot, but like you know the old choose your own adventure stuff that you used to. Yeah, you know, uh, anyway, kind, you, kind of like you do with mice and mystics, where you. You read the book, kind of a thing, or like like. I haven't uh, played that, uh, but or, the idea uh, is that, the house on the hill. Yeah, the idea is that like there will be a scenario. You 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 know set your your mini up, and basically play a sort of board game versus yourself. The uh, there will be like a uh, an AI. I don't know. That's the wrong word, right? Because it's not a computer, but. Um, no, the, but that that makes sense. Yeah, the the opposition will have its own sort of. Um, rule set and stuff. Yeah, rule set like things that they will do every turn, whatnot. Uh, and that solo play will start off as a sort of here's how to here's how to play, right? Here's how to teach yourself how to play this game. Uh, here's a mini, you know, playthrough, and then your character will kind of get get better and have more uh, abilities as it goes on, and you'll learn more about uh, the world and the game itself as you play the solo play. Oh, gee. So, quick question for you. Um, but the main right. the main thing is is the versus and the campaign play. That's where the the focus is. But the solo play is going to be a fun little um, bonus for that. It yeah. almost seems like a um, like a quick start. Uh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. To to get somebody that doesn't have a group or some you know or even just a another person that wants to play. Yeah, and if and if you know you enjoy that, right? Then we can always add more solo missions and those sort of things. Yeah. 
Nice. Oh boy, this is going to so, be spiffy. So you've mentioned RPG elements. You've mentioned that there's minis. Yeah. What type of game actually is this? Uh, this is what you call a uh, minis skirmish war game. So think, um, you know, like a like, like a Warhammer or 40k, but on a very small scale with only maybe six to eight minis per side. So if you've played something like uh, Necromunda or Mordheim or Infinity, it's uh, that kind of game. Okay. Interesting. Oh, okay. Something like maybe like Hero Clicks or something. Yes. Like uh, you make your team. Like Hero Clicks, I think, what had like three to five or something like that on a team or something like that. Yeah, however it, many. Points. Point. Yeah, but yeah. However many you could cram into the point total for that particular Hero Clicks scenario. So, yeah. And, yeah, it'll be something like that. Okay. So, Sorry to cut uh, you off. Yeah. Yeah. But here, here's the thing. This is, I mean, we, we've seen kind of themes and variants on it. You know, and we like I brought up other games like Betrayal, The House on the Hill, Mice and Mystics. But here's the thing. Where did this, where did this kind of an idea for the game and the mechanics and what have you, where did all this come from? Uh, not just, you know, not just the mechanics of like a versus, but, you know, the world for it. Where, I mean... You know. That is an interesting question. So I'm going to answer it by telling the story that I probably should have led with uh, about the. Who cares? <laughs> uh, yeah, bring, so so uh, it starts probably five or six years ago. Uh, let me see. What's the, oh no? Started eight years ago, 2012, which was the year of Shadowrun. If you remember that. Mm -hmm. uh, I do, I do. Shadowrun 5th edition was was either out or coming out uh, and they had a board game that was supposed to come out and uh, Catalyst had announced that there was going to be a Shadowrun miniatures game called uh, Sprawlgangers I think um, and at that point Warhammer Fantasy uh, I had been turned off to Warhammer Fantasy a long time player but uh, I got frustrated with Games Workshop um, and decided, well, since Shadowrun is bringing out their own minis game, I'll just switch my my hobby time and my hobby money over to that. And then we kept waiting, and we kept waiting, and we kept waiting, and uh, the Sprawlgangers never materialized. And we kept getting teased out uh, every year at the conventions. We'd ask, like, hey, what about Sprawlgangers? And always kind of, no, no, well, you know, we'll see, that kind of stuff. Um, so this, about a year ago, at Origins last year, I remember uh, Catalyst Game Labs, who owns the rights to publish Shadowrun RPG, uh, was was releasing uh, five Shadowrun miniatures, and I got myself a, a pack of those, and I was so disappointed with the quality. They were they were not to scale with anything else. The plastic was really gross. The detail wasn't good, and I tried to paint them up, and it was just they were just not great. But I asked the Catalyst team, like all the head honchos were there, you know, and there's always a uh, sort of meet and greet with the demo agents and everybody uh, involved with Catalyst and Shadowrun, you know, the, the authors and the uh, game masters there at Origins. And I said, hey, like we have minis, right? It looks like maybe you're going to do something with this. What about Sprawlgangers? And they're like, well, I don't know, probably not. 
if the minis go crazy and we sell so many of those, then we might do another minis set. And if those sell well, maybe we'll add a map. And then, 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 you know, it was like, so basically, basically, well, no, basically they said, we don't have plans, but if something crazy happens and these minis sell out and we have to order more minis, then we'll start talking about what happens next. And like, Number one, like as far as I know, the minis didn't go gangbusters and there's no plans for new ones. So that was my cue. Like when I went home, I kept thinking like it it wouldn't leave me alone. Like you could do this, right? You could do this. You could you could just start a game company. You could just make this game. What's stopping you? And it was also around that time where I, I became very aware of lots of different game companies in the industry and how, what's the word, how awful they were, <laughs> like how, how, uh, uh, misogynistic and, um, uh, and ugly and awful they were. And I just thought, you know, not only could we do this game that I know people want, we've been asking about Sprawgangers for a long time. Um, I can do a game like that, but also I bet we could, we could, we could pay freelancers like, like reasonable wages. And I bet we could, you know, hire people uh, from lots of diverse backgrounds. And I bet like, I bet we could even do it without like sexually harassing people. I'm pretty sure we can do this. And that was, you know, just did the idea of being better than everybody else in every single way and doing it within a framework of, of uh, an anarchist gaming company where everybody gets paid uh, not based on the work of others, but the work that they put into it, uh, that all appealed to me. So we just so we just said, you know, fuck it. Let's do it. That was nice. fuck, by the way. F-U-G. Totally oh, fuck. <laughs> That's what explicit Dragon Dragon Unicorns games. Dragon hey, Unicorns, fuck. There's you know, fuck. Yeah. Running themes here. That's a picking up on the themes. <laughs> uh, by the way, I'm just going to tell everybody uh, the logo for Fragging Unicorns is is Fragging Badass. All right, just just got to say it. I, I, have, I have the sticker on my phone. It's it's really brilliant. So that is Fraggy, our our uh, mascot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, thought it was Fragatello. He's he's a lover. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is all right. So I've got so here's the so here's the the thing about the the game itself. Um I am well, you know me, I stink at strategy games. But the thing is if I can get the, the way that I work is I kind of lack of better term is like I brute force it until I kind of figure out what's going on. Um for the game itself, are the rules gonna be kind of like, you know. Remember the fifth edition Shadowrun book and you dropped it on your foot and it was just like, okay, that's uh, five physical damage already to your foot. Is it going to be like easy to understand uh, and easy, easy to, to learn and hard and like effort to master? Is it going to be like more complex? Uh, the, the basics of the game are, are actually incredibly simple. Um, you have a number of dice that you roll. Um, basically your, your model has a, a prowess number. Um, you take that prowess number, you add it to the prowess of the uh, weapon that you have, and you roll that many dice. Then you compare that to your skill, which is a number from one to six, 
And if you meet that skill, then all of those dice are hits. That's the basic mechanic. Um, having said that, our rule book is 120 pages about, and about 75 pages of that is gang creation. So the basic rules are, are under 60 pages. So I think anybody could get in really, really easily. And then you can spend, uh, well, the rest of eternity uh, getting better and making strategies and that kind of stuff. But it's pretty easy to play. Yeah. Oh, well, here's the thing is like, well, you said they used to play like Warhammer and, you know, Garnemanger brought up hero clicks and stuff like that. I mean, what kind of things did you want to offer like new players, people that want to invest in this for the for the rule set? I mean, what kind of shortcomings have you seen in some of the other games and that you wanted to say, nope, nope, we don't want to do that. That's kind of makes it difficult. What did you want to get from, you know, when you created the rule set? Well, there were certain things that we liked about other games that we wanted to keep. Uh, you know, like lots of six-sided dice. You know, people just tend to like rolling six-sided dices. Um, but then there's and you feel also... powerful on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but there are other things definitely about other games that we didn't like. And one of the main one was one of the main ones was um, so many obscure rules. We just thought at every moment. Uh, literally, we just we cut out so much just because we kept asking ourselves, does this require um, like a subsystem? Yeah, not not just a subsystem, but yes, we asked that question too. We cut out almost all the subsystems, but does this require like uh, keeping notes, right? Like like note keeping. Does this require um, like making uh, uh, extensive uh, callbacks to some other? page you know any anything that you did that required you to do bookkeeping we we sort of tried to nix it and so the result is um something that you can that you can continue to evolve like your gangs especially in campaign mode will continue to get better and better and your individual minis will as well but those are the things that should be able to be reflected on a one p one one page paper um, and you shouldn't have to be going back to the rules over and over and over to reference, you know, oh, shoot, what about this? What about this? Some of that is is inevitable, like, you know, with every with every game. Um, but we try to keep that to an absolute minimum so that gameplay could be quick and fun. Awesome. And uh, for me, because, um, well, you only usually have like one rule book. Are you going to be having the little cheat sheets? You know, just... I know they have it with, uh, like, in, you know, in in the character sheets, I think, on Battletech. It's just like, here's the, you know, step one, step two, step three, that's your turn. Well, what we'd love is that everybody could just have their their whole gang on one, maybe two pieces of paper. And we hope, we hope, this is this is going to be a long shot, but we hope to have some sort of gang creator software um, available at, at launch. Um, like I said, that's a hope that's not guaranteed, but something to, to make creating your gang easy and, and fun. But yeah, we hope that every time, you know, you write down your gang, it's, it's not something that you have to take up tens of pages to do. So. Okay. Thank goodness. Thank you. Yeah. Cause the and, worst and, and, part is you're doing it and then you spoke Oak. On well, one of your say, sheets and then every, you know. <laughs> yeah, like I'll say, like, you know, uh, Jules and I play 
a earth and earth on is one of those systems that's actually quite complex. Um, and you're always kind of going back and forth and checking things and, and the character sheets are quite long and extensive and that kind of thing. Uh, what we've tried to do, and this is, this is not a slam on Earth on, this is just what, what Jules and I have familiarity with, um, but you're always going back and, and looking up things, right? Um, and that's just what the game is. But in Gangs, we want it to be faster than that since it's all combat. So if your character has an ability, it should be listed right below your character and it should you should be able to tell what it does right away. You shouldn't have to have to wonder. And then since play, gameplay goes... Um, not by I take my whole turn, you take your whole turn, but it goes it goes back and forth. Uh, the, the turns themselves go back and forth between players, so you always have time to think of what your next character is going to do while your other while your uh, opponent is taking their turn. So it should be it should be pretty smooth. It is pretty smooth <laughs> in the times we played. Slick, I'm excited. Yeah, um, and more than that, I mean, like if I uh, allow me to brag just a little bit, the minis that we have are absolutely stunning. If you've ever wanted Shadowrun minis that are not the old Ralpartha stuff, uh, and nothing wrong with those, holla, I have some of them. Um, but if you've ever wanted absolutely gorgeous Shadowrun minis, these absolutely can be that. Now. I think our world and our game stands alone. So if you don't, you know, want to play Shadowrun ever again, and you want to switch over to Frag and Unicorns and all of our offerings, hey, that's great. But also, these these work for any sort of cyberpunk fantasy uh, game that you might be playing. Well, and Opti, I'm pulling them for Illuminati University. Woo! Opti, now that you've kind of talked a little bit. A little bit about it. Is there anything else about the world that Gangs of the Undercity takes place in that you want to share? <laughs> yeah, yes. And your uh, your your non bias is coming out. <laughs> uh, so the the other exciting thing that we've all been working on behind the scenes, we have we have essentially two teams um, working behind the scenes at Frag and Unicorns, and one of them is. Uh, working primarily on Gangs of the Undercity, but the other has been working behind the scenes on a new role-playing game system that we're calling Subversion, and that takes place in the same world as Gangs of the Undercity, but it's um, the setting is is not just the Undercity, but the wider world, uh, and it's an RPG with a lot of really, really cool elements to it. Um, we, we can say as much as we want to. I mean, like, nobody's going to... We're the company, so, so <laughs> nobody's going to get mad. <laughs> so, Technicalities. As much as you want to talk about that, we absolutely can. Um, well, I think one of the really cool things that's building out into that role-playing game and what you see when you look at the narrative components of Gangs of the Undercity, the subversion role-playing game is built around not being combat determinative. We all love role-playing games and combat happens. But one of the choices that was made was to reflect a wider range of problem solving and combat not being the only thing mechanically that's there. It's also, we've all played for so long, we're trying to hit a sweet spot where the players feel empowered and like they are making consequential important choices for their character and in the world, but also creating something that is at the same time mechanically rich for people who like a little more of that structure. 
And so threading that needle in the world of Neo-Babylon that it inhabits with magic and technology and this rich history for players to explore that hasn't been there before should be enticing, especially when I tell you magic is the status quo and technology is the iconoclasm. <laughs> no, but I, I'm just imagining it's like, okay, roll 4d6, add hominem attack. <laughs> not not quite just like that but we are we are adding some really interesting mechanics in um and and that is like our combat system i feel is pretty robust but we want every other uh every other thing that your character is good at to feel also as robust and every yeah and every option you've got when you advance your character, having that choice and knowing that there are lots of non-combat centric choices that will be equally valuable is something that's definitely desirable. Uh, as one of the people that you know loves to play social characters and political intrigue, and it's important. Yeah, and, and that same thing that you asked about, Jules, um, about what I like and what I don't like about other RPGs, we're trying to apply that same thing to the RPG subversion as we did in gangs. And we just, we want to keep the, um, the bookkeeping to a minimum, right? We want things to be pretty, pretty easy at a glance. Um, and, and Joel and I, or Garda are the same, are on the same page. Um, sorry if I said your name, can we delete that? Yes. It's okay. all on Zen's hands. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Garda and I are of a mind that, um, we enjoy a good, robust character generation system, but also it should be really easy for those that don't. Uh, and so we're, again, trying to thread that needle, trying to give lots of options and giving the ability to know exactly what your character can and can't do at a glance is something that's been pretty important to us. So if you want heavy combat, Gangs of the Undercity is all combat, um, all you know, simulation with minis. And Subversion is going to be a, uh, a full-service role-playing game uh, with some pretty novel elements. Again, I, I think it's pretty cool. I don't want to. I don't want to reveal those right yet. But uh, that's for a future episode. Yeah, which well, we will be bringing back for when we get to that part. <laughs> well, I think okay. something else. I think something else to notice really quickly, if you've looked at the sculpts, and there's a link in the doodly-doo to not only the Kickstarter that you should go and support, but also the Fragging Unicorn Games website, where you can see some of these sculpts, is it's got that diverse and rich world. That you've got that fantasy cyberpunk world where you have a multitude of species available as player characters, and they're just kind of a default backstop. Uh, and that that breadth is something that I think Gangs of the Undercity and Subversion both play very strongly too. But speaking of those minis, I know Zen as our resident, you know, mini obsessive. You've got some questions. <laughs> I am not. Well, okay, yeah, I am. Um, be honest. Be honest with yourself. Embrace it. Hey, you so infected me with that, so I I might have. <laughs> so now we know that these. I've I've looked at many of the sculpts. And and been, um, I believe the proper term is drooling. Y yeah, uh, <laughs> but I'll take it. Me gods. But have you guys considered what would you do for somebody who may not be 
all in on wanting to spend, you know, I'm just throwing a number. This isn't an actual number, but like hundreds of dollars on a bunch of minis. Are you going to have another option that they could potentially use? Something like maybe like paper minis that they could buy or uh, pawns? The answer is no. Um, And the reason is, is that our price point is so low for what you're getting um, that we feel like it's pretty, it's pretty easy for anybody to get into. Now, if you want to use your own minis that you already have, or if you want to go over to Reaper or, you know, Games Workshop, whatever, and buy those, yeah, or pre-print your own, like, absolutely, because the, um, the basic rules will be available for free. So you can just have the game and play and get excited and do your thing. Um, but we think that we are we're aiming for a price point of about 50 bucks for the base game. Uh, and that includes uh, 12 minis and the rule book and the, 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 the nice rule book, right? The, the one with all the pictures and cool stuff, I think. So oh. um, we think that's a pretty, a pretty easy price point for anybody to get into. So we, if we tried, if we tried to do uh, other stuff, if we tried to do paper or anything else, that would that would take us down a tangent and kind of distract us from what we're able to do at that price point. And and um, for me, because um, as I said, it's Zen's fault. I got into this, and my buddy Peter, of course. Uh, for the minis, are you going to be offering um, pre-painted ones and then unpainted ones for those of us that you know? want to get in with our brushes and go absolutely crazy so frankly speaking this this game is a game that i made with my proclivities in mind so we're not going to have pre-painted minis all of these minis are going to be unpainted assuming that the people buying this are going to lovingly paint them themselves because that's what i'd want to do and i made sure like a hundred percent sure over and over again that these sculpts would be amazing and that the level of detail that you can get from the, from the minis themselves are of a masterclass level. So a professional painter can get in there and absolutely do something stupidly beautiful as I've already shown with the two that I've already sent off and received. Um, and you can see those uh, on the website. They are incredible. Awesome. I think well, we've touched on a whole lot of the stuff so far, but I'm sorry, Jules. Yeah. The one, the one other thing, because uh, you and Gaudemanger were both bringing up, um, you know, having, having stuff be story rich with this game, but you can also just have a, all right, dudes, just, you know, let's do a battle and, you know, fight it out. Or you could, you know, have a much more heavy role playing. The, yeah. the world itself, is it going to be something that actually has an updating storyline, kind of like Shadowrun does, or Legend of the Five Rings, and or is it going to be more like? And I'm not; it's not a bad word, but it's the only one I can think of, like static. If you're thinking more like Deadlands or Illuminati University or something like that, which kind of world did you want to go with this? My, per- <laughs> that's 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 a that's a question that. Mm, that's a good question, Jules. That's like that's a really, really good question. And it's not like I don't have an answer. It's that I have lots of answers. Um, so one of the things for for subversion in particular that we talked about 
was having meta plots type stuff. Um, you know, so so like most most games like have some sort of story, and and then the next edition or the next um, big adventure will move things forward, or at least you know add things too. And so mm-hmm. Gardemange uh, and myself and, and Palmer, one of our other guys, have already seeded a number of things that will come to fruition over time, given time. And so we absolutely like the idea of the world changing uh, as you play and and the world opening up and expanding and, and meta plot things happening. One of the things, though, we didn't want to do, and this is a design decision, was we didn't want to make the bad guys sympathetic. So we have you know, certain corporations and we have certain bad guys at the top. And, and frankly, the team knows who they are. The team has the names of them, but we didn't want to make the focus of the game, the corporations or the CEOs or the rulers of the places. We wanted to make the focus of the game, the players. So it's a purposeful decision to not make the meta plots revolve around the big bad guys in the way that should I just say it out loud? Would that be helpful in the way it, that, in the way makes, that Shadowrun often does, I guess. It, it's easy to fall back on those design crutches and using those big, powerful shakers. Uh, there are four or five decision points like in that world. I've thought about as Opti knows where I'm like, well, no, this would be a better thing to end edition two. And we start third edition. He's, you know, shaking his head electronically at me going, the first book isn't out yet. Right. I was like, slow down there, Turbo. <laughs> but, uh, down, Turbo. but yeah, the idea that the world can evolve. And one of the things we're really working on is, is ensuring that there's a way for the characters to have agency in some of those decisions uh, is part of it. And while they're going to be large power structures and a whole lot of them aren't going to be what they appear and a lot of it, you know, could have greater intrigue at the end of the day. Some things are good and some things aren't. And the idea with the evolving setting and and story also lets some of that underlying storytelling evolve with the world around us and reflect changes in thought, changes in what is being reflected or asked of the players when they step into a gang of the Undercity or Subversion game. Now, having said that about Subversion, um, I do absolutely plan on trying to get some uh, some tournament play type stuff for Gangs of the Undercity where the yearly tournament might shape some sort of undercity lore we purposefully built out the undercity so that it could be mercurial you know without without affecting the world too much um you know so different gangs could take over different areas and and things could change all the time uh that allows us to to have the gangs of the undercity tournaments and the gangs of the undercity players make a difference in that world with their games without, you know, imposing or impinging on um, the meta plots going on in the uh, role-playing game and vice versa. So yeah, it's baked in uh, and that's something we absolutely would like to see. Spiffy. 
and I sh- and maybe this is a good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I the prop the thing is like it's not out yet, and I'm just looking at this. I'm like, I want it now, but I, you know, I'm not Veruca Salt. I'm better than that. I'm trying to be better. No, it's fine. Uh, we just I was just having some like really interesting conversations this week. Um, I was working on. Uh, some of the lore aspects and, and tightening up some stuff before I uh, opened up the Kickstarter. And I sent a tweet to, uh, I, I, I was listening to Necrogoblicon, right? Uh, and, and their their videos, you know, with the, with the goblin guy that's running around, like, you know, having misadventures. And I just, I just remember thinking like, man, this is a beautiful type scene that could like happen in our world. And I reached out on, on Twitter. I said, Hey, Necrogoblicon, thanks for uh, making music. That's so easy to write cyberpunk fantasy to. How about I add you into our world or make a gang out of you? Or how about you do the soundtrack for us? And they replied back an hour later. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and uh-huh. So we went back and forth uh, a little bit and I was like, are you serious? And like, hell yeah, we're serious. And I was like, so I just had a, a conversation with them again this week uh, and they, they are recording and they're writing. So the timetable that we have for the Kickstarter is going to be a little bit uh, hard for them to get us a theme song, but um, I did get their permission to insert them into our world. So Necrogoblicon is going to be uh, definitely a, uh, a goblin band in our world. And also, uh, I haven't I haven't sprung this on the team yet, but um, we're definitely going to make the goblins the next gang <laughs> and then base them all after the band. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. It's it, the way that things worked out. It was just so freaking funny. Well, as we move looking towards- for an excuse to make a, an all goblin gang and now I have it. Awesome. The goblins are really. Yeah. There are about 30 of my favorite species in all of the setting, but the goblins really are an intriguing one that it's a lot of fun. But as we talk about that Kickstarter, what are some of the stretch goals you want to meet? Not necessarily the biggest one, but what are some stretch goals that you've thought about that people can go look at that you're kind of excited to reach for? So the the initial stretch goals, and, and keep in mind, this is a, an evolving process so um, the, the different stretch goals haven't been nailed down yet but we have a number of sculpts that we haven't made any um, any production runs of yet so uh, all the work on them hasn't been done yet but all of the sculpting has been done so it's a it's a pretty easy thing for me to just say okay we're we're good on these let's let's get this produced um, all the other ones have been, have been molded and made and, you know, are ready to go. All I need to do is push, push play. But if we get to a certain level, um, we unlock what we are calling freebooters. And these are sort of um, community based, not mercenaries, although I guess that term would apply in some respect, but these are um, sort of our equivalent of shadow runners although much, much different in, uh, in practice. But they, uh, they work with gangs or they work with different communities and you can hire them and uh, they're much more powerful minis. So we have two sculpts of those that um, can be available as minis if we hit our stretch goal. 
We also have uh, three different sculpts of our bad guys, our police, uh, called Lawjacks. And these are the guys who have metal on their boots and they clack along and uh, they're all armored up and they enforce the laws of Neo-Babylon. And we'd like to release those minis as well uh, and maybe even make a gang out of them, uh, a playable gang if, if things go well enough. Um, down the road, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical as to whether or not the sculpt itself will be done by the time the Kickstarter hits. But we have possibly a Griffin model that would be so super sick uh, if we could get that, if we could hit that milestone and get that out. Um, and then, yeah, other things just like, uh, you know, building out different gangs and adding different gangs and adding different options for minis and that kind of stuff. So we've got uh, a number of different uh, potential stretch goals. But since we're trying to do things as on the up and up as possible, um, and on, on a volunteer slash shoestring budget, we're trying to be conservative with the number of sculpts that we get. And, uh, we're trying to, we're trying to do things right with the amount we have. So we can't, we didn't want to go crazy and over promise and under deliver. So that's what I can give you now. Although there's, there's more in the bag. Well, I think oh. that also kind of answers the question of what comes next, but I think, after the Kickstarter, after a couple of rounds of yearly tournaments, what would you like to see the game become? What are you hoping Gangs of the Undercity will you know, kind of evolve into? I'd love to, to steadily add more gangs um, to the point where everybody has... And, and the gangs, I don't know if we talked about this or not, but the gangs themselves will have a number of gang gangs that are available to play um even though we only have minis you know right now for for two of them um but the gangs themselves will be templates so yes you could play the flaming skulls or the valkyrs which are our two kind of flagship uh gangs but you could also take the flaming skulls template and build your own gang so what i'd really love to see is for us to get out um you know seven or eight of our own gangs filled with minis and then just encourage everybody to use those templates to create their own gangs, um, adding in like vehicles and creatures all along the way, uh, you know, new, new missions, new solo play, new campaign type stuff, and then just continue to listen to the fans and engage them in what they want to see. Right. So being as, uh, as supportive as possible, to the people who are playing it. Nice. Well, <clears throat> kind of final question also, you know, supporting the people that are playing it. How do you want to, the people that ad adopt this game, people that support it, get into it, and then, you know, via word of mouth and, and kind of, it kind of spreads. How do you want to maintain a connection and feedback with uh, the community of uh, the fragging unicorns, the people that get into gangs of Undercity? You know, uh, feedback or, you know, insight, what, the, what kind of thing events they might like, et cetera. Do you have an idea of how you want to work in a community and feedback? I do have a lot of ideas about that. Um, I used to run, uh, I used to manage a number of comic book stores in my area. We always had, 
um, game reps coming in and I was always running tournaments, you know, for Warhammer and 40K and that kind of thing. And I have great ideas about community involvement and, and keeping fans interacted. I will say, though, that once this gets started, I will probably not myself be on that level. I will probably be hiring somebody who is passionate about it and and has the time to do that while I continue to do, um, I don't know, I guess you would call it R&D and development, right? Like, so just um, we so have you- people that are going to step up already people who have said that they're going to step up and be our um community managers uh yeah is essentially right we uh like demo team agents type thing right people mm-hmm. who are who are willing to run games for us whether whether that's at cons or whether that's in their local gaming stores um will will obviously need somebody to take on that job as um not their full-time job because that's Nobody has a full-time job doing this at Fragging Unicorns. <laughs> but uh, somebody who takes that on as their primary responsibility within a company. Uh, and and my, my goal is to support them as much as possible as they reach out and support the, the fans who are playing the game. And, and, if that, and that means, right, and this is one of the things I've learned absolutely. If the, if the demo team leader says... We want to do this tournament, or we want to do this um, this event that lasts all summer, and at the end we want it to have a meaningful effect in the world of the Undercity. I don't hem and haw and say, "Well, uh, I don't know." Uh, instead, I say, "Awesome! How can we help? How can we make that happen?" Right? Because it's important to fans to feel like they have a stake in the world that you're creating. And I remember being a fan. I want to play that damn tournament. I want to play that event. I want to have my own gang have a chance to make it in the Undercity and to make it into a game and to affect the world. And if I still want that about the game I'm making, I know other people are going to want it. And I just remember being a fan and I remember how much that meant to me. It seems a little silly, right? But at the same time, we all kind of want that when we play games. We want a chance to have it make a difference, to have a chance for it to matter. And if you're going to spend however much money on minis and paints and you're going to paint them all, you're going to create your damn backstory for it, like it should be worth something. (laughs) I want to honor that. So, yeah, I I plan on continuing to do that and trying to say yes as much as possible um, to, you know, to, to making the fans happy and to giving them meaningful spaces to participate in our world. Well, that, that I think is pretty that was much- such an awesome answer. Nobody knew what to say. Honestly. Yeah, no. Cause uh, I'll be honest with a lot of games out there getting feedback from the community and from the fans and sometimes the toxicity that develops the fact that you're actually going in a proactive approach and already are, working with people in your company to it's like, okay, we want to get feedback. We want to hear from you. And you're already anticipating working from that kind of a paradigm. I, that Dragon Unicorns games certified non-toxic. <laughs> Although with a lot of bad puns, trust me. <laughs> you have no today's. idea. <laughs> what about- oh yeah, I do. But no, but it, uh, for, for me, I guess it's extremely refreshing 
to hear something like that, that, you know, the community is really important and you wanted to make it as safe and fun for everyone as possible. So you're actually already planning on uh, community outreach, events, uh, news, the whole thing. And the fact that the, the, you know, the Kickstarter goes live today and then it's going to be, you know, but you already have that. It's not like uh, something that's tacked on at the end with no planning. It's really refreshing to see that, yes, you can develop a game, but if you don't think about the people that are playing it and you're just kind of creating a static environment, you might have issues. So it's really, it's a refreshing thing to see that the community and everything is also brought up when you're coming up with this concept. So. I think no. the gaming gaming community is moving away from that. Like not the community itself, like the fans are are not moving away from wanting to have narratives affect the world. But um, it does seem like a lot of companies are not necessarily about that. Uh, I've, I've been personally participating. In a this this is going to affect the world. But then when it came down to it. Um, they just collected all the input and never actually did anything with it. I always felt that that was a really fucking lame thing to do to the fans. Yeah, no, but just for me, it, it, it helps get me excited. And, you know, it, you know, it, it, I'm excited because I already know it's just like, wow, they listen to the people that play the game. Yay. If I could get everybody as excited as Jules for this, for I would have no, Doubt that it was going to fund. <laughs> it's like, dude, bodily energy. Sell us as, you know, I guess sell us as the Red Bull replacement. <laughs> well, Opti, we we have taken up a, quite a bit of your time this evening. <laughs> um, sorry, not sorry. And I wanted to thank you for coming on. My pleasure. Anytime. And I, I do want to know, though, because there are unicorns, how much glitter is going to be in the initial packaging that you send to people? I am not one of those uh, absolutists that think that you can boil down unicorns and connection to glitter. Uh, I think that's a stereotype. So, oh, if you want, it was to, a, if you want to. Stereotype. Color your unicorn minis uh, with whatever glitter. That's fine, but we're not including any because it's it's a harmful stereotype. <laughs> and I'll be honest, it's uh, a mess to clean. Of course it is. Opti, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's been really good having you on. Yeah, thank you. I love being here. It's a delight, man. We we love having you and. Uh, as new events come and as new stretch goals are reached, keep in touch. Let us know how it's going. And, you know, uh, maybe if I'm lucky and I, when I get it, I'll play it with Zippy and, you know, maybe record some of his, oh, God, I can't believe you did that reactions. That would be so He comes up so with the pleased. best insults. He comes up with the best insults. <laughs> well, and before I get back to getting a few thousand more words of, of uh, design and, and narrative kind of fleshed out for for people's review opti what's the best way for people to keep up with fragging unicorn games and with the gangs of the undercity kickstarter in particular uh you can absolutely go to facebook and find us uh fragging unicorns uh facebook or at fragging no g unicorns 
on Twitter, or you can go to our website, fraggingunicorns.com. Uh, updates on Twitter are probably more frequent than any other place, but our dev journals, a uh, little bit more in-depth look is on our website. All right. Well, I guess uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up and we will uh, let you get back to unlocking more of these stretch goals as, as the days peel away. Oh. Yay. I think there's one more thing possibly worth mentioning. Worlds Without End audio drama. Also linked in the doodle. Oh, yeah. We have an audio drama lead-in to uh, Gangs of the Undercity. So if you want to uh, get your, your ears involved uh, on the story before you play the game, that's where you want to go. Worlds Without End. Uh, the audio drama is called Undercity. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I guess until next time, folks. Keep playing games and support the Kickstarter and share it amongst your friends. Let everyone know this is coming out because the more eyes we get on this, the more people get interested. And here's hoping it's a success. I wish you nothing but luck, Opti. Thank you. Yep. And we will probably put some kind of uh, special together somewhere in about the middle to try to amp it up a little too so all right until next time folks keep have playing fun. games bye roll dice have fun you can contact us or the show using twitter facebook or plain old email our Twitter accounts are at Zendead, at Jules Podcaster, and at 2050GardMoget. And the show's Twitter account is at SeizeTheGM. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash SeizeTheGM. Or chat with us and other RPG lovers in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash SeizeTheGM. You can email questions or comments to the show at admin at seizethegm.com. And if you have a few bills you want to send us, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast, And we thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Seize the GM. Feel free to leave a comment about this episode on our webpage, www.seizethegm.com. Let the dice fall where they may, and we'll see you all again next week. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted materials referenced herein are held by their respective owners. No infringement intended, and no claim of ownership is implied. The music for the show is Dreaming Spirit off the album Ghost Machine by the Enigma TNG. His music is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license.